some water. Mm -hmm. Yes, actually, no. thank you. Oh. That would be good. Water. I, I think Dana, we're going to go get you some tissues. There's some fresh water. Got... You can twine up. Great. It's more just about, we need, hey, welcome to Kansas. Okay, ready? All right, let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to the Candace Owens Show where you get my unfiltered opinions. And this one is definitely unfiltered. It's something that I should have said a lot earlier. There's been a lot of scandals, one that I stayed uncharacteristically silent about and it was the Roseanne Barr scandal. This was not about black America. This was about a positive Trump supporting show um, which the left couldn't stand because it was ratings galore. And that's the truth and people don't like to admit the truth. I think that, uh, yeah, I think they had it in for me the whole time, which, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you about as we go. But um, I at the time of that tweet, I was in the middle of uh, a conversation about the Iranian people for three months on Twitter. Most of the reason I ever went on Twitter was to defend, you know, Jewish people and, you know, our way of life and our thinking and and also a new way of being in the midst in the Middle East. And uh, so I was speaking about Iran and we had, and I was speaking to Iranian people, particularly reporters and journalists from there who are like going, you know, talking about what it's like. And we had already established for quite a while that, that the uh, Iran deal by the Obama administration had uh, strengthened and empowered a government who who has less than no regard for its women or its citizens. Of course. And so we had said, it's like Planet of the Apes there. Right. And um, so I was dreaming that and woke up, and like I've said a million times, but, you know, I was a little impaired. I had, it was uh, <laughs> a Memorial Day. I had a couple of beers and I took an Ambien. Never right. mix those. Right. <laughs> so I woke up out of a dead sleep at 2 a.m. and I'm like, I've got it. I've got the words that are going to put the whole thing in perspective and save the world. And and I sent that tweet. And now, it, since that time, which was June last year, it's been like, why did I put it that way? And I look at it like, I should have reversed it. And it was a, a total... Um, impaired tweet, but and but it disguised what I meant, and what I meant was that uh, you know I was talking about the Obama administration and their collusion with Muslim Brotherhood from Egypt into Iran and the and the Middle East and and the United States, right? And uh, how their Iran deal is the most oppressive thing to empower a government who's just mullahs um, and. Uh, their oppression of particularly women and children, but men too. Right. And so it all got a little jumbled up. But right. what was horrifying about it to me was the way that it was purposely mischaracterized and I was not allowed to explain it or uh, apologize. Well, I mean, I did apologize, but I, I was never allowed to say what it was actually about and what I meant. Well, of course not. You're, you're conservative. Was, that's, not how yeah. how, that's not how it works. Conservatives no. don't get second chances. Conservatives no. don't get to apologize. Conservatives don't get to explain in a fuller form um, what they were talking about. You should know that. Those are the rules. And every nobody knew that Valerie Jarrett was even 10% black. Nobody knew that. Nobody thought she was black. They just dug for something and said, ha, we've got her. We can get this show off. We don't want to normalize Trump supporters in any regard. That's what in the Said, media. Yeah, I found all that out after. Like, Did you have I to find out, it out? It was the most obvious thing well, in the entire world why you were a target. Well, I knew, I knew, but I, I didn't think people knew, so I wanted to keep 
going there, you know. Right. But uh, yeah, it wasn't it. They targeted me from day one. Megan Kelly gone. Megan Kelly didn't even say anything that was offensive. She said so, when I was a kid growing up, uh, I used to be able. I used people used to wear a black face, and they weren't offended as long as you were truly growing as the character. Her entire show is gone, wiped, gone. She's off. She's off of NBC. Her whole career. Her whole everything. career. Yeah, done because she said something that wasn't even offensive. She's telling you about something that happened in the past. I mean, right. why can't she talk about her experience with that in a non-offensive way? They made her apologize, which I staunchly disagreed with. I actually think conservatives should not apologize. I know for that's things. what all my friends said to me. You shouldn't they have go, apologized. You shouldn't have apologized. You shouldn't have apologized. That's a death knell to the left. There was not a single black person in America that was offended by what you said. It was the left using black people as human shields to go after their political opponents and people that are mainstreaming conservatism. You were mainstreaming conservatism. You got attacked. In the exact same regard, I got attacked uh, for a long conversation I was having about nationalism versus socialism versus globalism. And then they say, I hate Jewish people. Me, who flew over for the embassy opening. I I, I hate Jewish people. You hate black people. And yet here we are. Yeah, here we are. are. It's it's amazing. It's fun. It's amazing, right? Right. They run on hate. My boyfriend said to me, and I still think this is the truest thing anyone said to me, is that, you know, my show killed the hate business. It put a knife in the heart of the hate business. It did. And they couldn't have that because they fundraise on hate. Right. And, you know, all the networks and all the news things, are they're just part of the Democratic Party. What is it, 90% of yeah. everything on TV is, is left-leaning? Mm-hmm. Or 85%? But they're part of the Democratic Party. Yeah. They're an arm of the Democratic Party. That's why I don't I don't watch it. I don't turn on the TV because there's nothing there for me. It's it, it it's almost like a mass brainwashing. And when your show came, it was it just is. so refreshing. It's like families are being torn apart over something that means nothing at the end of the day. Conser- conservatism versus liberalism. And right. then you have this show that humanizes it and, and uses laughter. And that's what, by the way, comedy is for. You're a comedian, last right. I checked, is to heal America through laughter. And the death of comedy and this and and and, and Kevin Hart and all of these scandals yeah, that are know. happening with every everybody that makes a joke. They're going to get all of us. Well, 100%. I think I'm the, just the first big one. But all my friends, I did want to say that when this happened, happened to me um uh the only the only people who called me are were black people who are my friends who knew the fighter I've been for my whole life for civil rights and I thought well how come no white people called me I think and I thought well because they don't know what I've done right they don't know what I live and what I do and you know they they put me in a Little pen like they put us all in. I say it's human veal. They put us in little veal pens, and, you know, we walk around as human veal in high heels or whatever, uh, women particularly, and uh, we don't know how to fight back. So I thought, well, what a great thing for me to come and talk to you because you're a fighter, yeah. and I applaud you, and I, I respect and admire you. Your your views are brilliant. Thank and, you. And, uh, you know. I thought this would be a good place to start. I, I totally respect you and everything you're doing. And um, I, uh, what do you call it, support Blexit. Because I know that that really is the linchpin of the whole of the whole thing, which you call it the plantation. I love that. I call it Egypt because I'm Jewish. It's leaving Egypt. Right. And getting free of Pharaoh. Uh, but I, for all the... Uh, African-American people I know that are blexiting, I I say to them, uh, 
Please take two Jews with you. Please, if I've ever caused you to laugh or feel good about anything in the world, please do me a favor, repay me. Get two Jews to go with you. Right. Because I really think that if black people are the leaders of, of you know, uh, civil rights and civil discourse in our country, uh, and if they'll go, the Jews will follow them. Right. Because the Jews want to do what black people do. And it's funny because I think they know that. So when I was trying to assess like how crazy th this trying to smear me and libel me as a Nazi sympathizer, I felt when I sat down and critically that they were trying to create drama between the Jewish community and the black community. Yeah. You say the Jewish community, you can't see the people that are black sitting, you, you, you stay away from them because yeah. they hate Jews. And right. I, what a crazy, absurd concept. Right. But a necessary but one that, that one. they want, they want to create They've wanted to, I, I've been in, uh, I can't think of the word that we are, activists, whatever, <laughs> since um, the 60s. And um, I've seen it from beginning to now. I've seen it all the way through. I've been there the whole time. And uh, they definitely tried to put a wedge. Um, I, I remember I used to be in a woman's collective in the 70s, 60s and 70s in Denver. And we were uh, Jewish women, women of color. We had, we had a lot of white women too. And, uh, you know, we were just like a woman's collective. And then we started to see the factioning that came along. And it factioned first between blacks and Jews, and it was because of Angela Davis. I was there when she said Zionism is racism. That was the cudgel that broke us. Interesting. And uh, it was on purpose. It was with foreign money to create a divide in this country so that we can't stick together and make sure that our children are taken care of. That's right. And and they, they think that if the minority community comes together, right. I mean, they know if the minority community comes together it's over for them it just it spells the end for the left because that's, it does these, that we are the slaves i mean we that's are the right. ones that are mentally enslaved right. we are the ones that keep buying into the same narrative and, and getting no results and it's actually negatively impacting our communities well and we're you, the ones that are targeted right and so uh you know when they when they broke the blacks and the jews apart what happened i've seen this is me saying it uh black people's public schools and living conditions and their uh, safety net became less and less. And so did the Jews. Right. And uh, then well, after they broke those two, which was, uh, you know, what they sought to do, then they got in e into each community, divided each community against itself. You know, oh, left versus right, you know, these mm -hmm. and that and the other. But like I always say, there's really only one party and it's the money party. Right. That's it. So, you know, that's how they steal the money. Yeah. You know, they take public money and put it in private pockets while we're all fighting each other. People that are getting robbed are fighting with each other that's getting robbed. And they're taking all the money. It's a Ponzi scheme. It is. And we have to wake up to that because it, we're, and I think we're so close. We're so close to I feel it. taking it and going, no, you work for us. That's okay? right. And if you don't do a good job, you're going to get fired. They're public. I always say this about public servants. I was like, you know what? You're not a very good servant. You're not serving me and I pay you. So um, you need to get fired. And they can't, you can't fire. Them. No. I mean, the governor Northam scandal, he's not going anywhere. No. 
it just it's just amazing to they me. They can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want and and it doesn't matter cuz they have the media. In their they face. have the media that's and it. that's their power right, right. there. That's exactly right. And media And I thought, right. "Oh man, I'm going to get in there and we'll do this." You did and well do that. though. You, I mean, I, I even think in a in a weird way, sometimes you. things happen and you're like, "Why? Why? Why?" but it had to happen to you that way. Yeah, it did. They had to stake you and do all of that to actually wake up a lot of people to the hu- astounding hypocrisy of a left. Like, if it's a conservative, everything must go. There's no apology. But if it's someone that that's on the left, no, there's literally no repercussions. No. Has there been a reper? I mean, I, Bob, am I missing a, a, a leftist none. that there was a repercussion? There's none. For? Northam is 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 wearing a Ku Klux Klan hood, a wearing blackface in and and in his yearbook. No repercussions. Yeah, but it, it, it's, it's ridiculous anyway. It was 30 years ago. And right. Again, like you said, there's no repentance on the left. There's no... No, there's right. no remorse either. No remorse. Like no. You it and you're like, like your whole life, your whole every life moment. Yeah. It's, yeah, absurd, so. Yeah. It's a war. I mean, come on. It's a real war. It's a real cultural war. It's a cultural war. And I actually think this is something that conservatives aren't understanding. No, they're not. And I've been super against. I mean, I've not only fielded attacks uh, attacks from the left, I've fielded attacks from the right, Right. which is just, to me, mind-boggling because they have this idea. I call it puritanical conservatism. Oh, that's a good thing. Puritanical conservatism, Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is the way we do conservatism. We don't fight Mm -hmm. back. Like, we, this is the proper way. The left is not fighting proper, okay? They are, this is like trench warfare. That's right. And, and um, if we don't understand that and understand that the battle is cultural, the battle is about getting a show like you had and sparking a conversation that's national and defending and calling it what it is when what happens to you happens and, and people don't have the courage. They don't have a courage. They want to be clean People cut. call them, they also call them fake MAGA. Fake MAGA. Because, you know, as soon as Trump turns one way, they're like, we hate Trump now, you know. They don't get the big picture at all. They're lost in a micro. Right. Do you think that that's what it is? That yeah. they, like, her, you think that all of the recent attacks on him from I, people that are on the right? Yeah, I think they're lost in the micro. And also, I th- do think they're cowards. Because if you follow them, they go, oh, well, we're praying it away. Well, come on. Faith without works is dead. It's about action, not prayer. Right. You got to do both. Right. You got to be on the spiritual battlefield. You don't, you don't do that by going, I forgive. You know, you're, but like my son says, he goes, thank God that the right or whatever we are, because I don't go left or right. I'm, I don't play their crap because it's like they what they've done, both of these extremes, and they have... They have, uh, I can't think of the word now, but they've uh, demonized the vast middle. Right. And I'm in the vast middle, and so are you. So, so am I. I'm not even going to say any left, right, or none Call of that. Call me far right is the craziest no. thing I've ever heard in my life. I know. I'm like, I'm far right. We're middle, yeah, and I'm, we I'm need free. to say that. Yeah. We're middle, vast. They don't the call majority. Us they don't call us middle in the press. They they want everyone to think. And but we are. The strategy is simply to make sure that other people never get to hear us. I mean, the idea is to keep Candace Owens off of college campuses because what she's saying makes so much sense right. that if people show up, they might listen. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's about, right? What the strategy right. is to make sure that we're constantly demonized, and um, it's because they don't want people to find us likable. Right. Your show was just so likable, right? So what are yeah. we going to do with her show? We need to demonize her. We need to right. make it seem we have to make people know she hates black people. And not a single person, left, right, or middle, believes that for a second. No one I with a straight not. face can say, "I think Roseanne Barr is a avowed racist." No one can say yeah. it with a straight face. It really pisses me off that they called me racist, and I always say, um, "Well, we've all done something 
racially and said something racially insensitive in our lives. Come on, this is America. Right. And we've all done it. But that's not racism. Right. And to put me in with people who want every Jew dead and every every black person dead and put me right in that ken with them, that's complete racism. That is. And I, I just think they're ridiculous and they make me sick. Right. And I'd like to go around starting to slap people upside the head, too. <laughs> but, you know, I can't for reasons of insurance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was it like in, um, like... You find out this tweet goes viral and things are crazy. What were your next few days like? I had a complete nervous breakdown. Did you? A complete. And I've had a few of them. And I've said, <laughs> I've said I've had so many nervous breakdowns and nobody ever notices. Right. Because <laughs> they were so normal for me. Uh, I, but, no, this was a complete one. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. Wow. I couldn't get out of bed. And luckily... I was at my mom's house and my mother, she she took care of me and that was very something I really needed my whole life and I finally got in just great, uh, great amounts. It was wonderful. So, and then it came out that, uh, you know, I was gonna, you know, I got a big tattoo of the phoenix up here and I was just I looking that. at that the whole time going, okay, you're gonna come up from the ashes again right. and this time it's gonna be what you really want. Right. I actually want to talk about this like complete nervous breakdown because I don't think people understand what we have to go through being on the front lines yeah. of, of just literally for sport, people trying to ruin right. our lives and break you every second. Every second. Every second trying to break you. And I mean, I've had my own, like they weren't nervous breakdowns, but I've had definitely some some rough nights or a rough week. And they don't care. These these people that they laugh at it. They, they think laugh it's at cool. It. Yeah, they think it's cool. It's like and then they come around to rub their boot right in your face. Right, right. And it's it's evil. Yeah, yeah it it's is actually evil. evil. Mm -hmm. It's it's like I want to see if I can ruin your life publicly. And it's not easy to get up every single day knowing that there are just sharks in the water that are out for blood. They're fascists. Yeah, they are. They, that's exactly right. They they are the real fascists. They they, they want to shut down perspective and speech and they enjoy when they can make people suffer. And right. people who do that, man, they they have no self reflection whatsoever. I'm convinced that when they look in the mirror, they don't see anything except for the mask. They don't see themselves as human, and uh, they're kind of not. Right. I think they're. they're uh, it makes better. me it's think about how, how we need to uh, rede redefine the word human and what it means. I think that the journalists, I, I call them like journal sadists. Like they, they enjoy are. bringing pain to people. They do. And, and, and inflicting pain. And it makes them feel really good about themselves and powerful about yeah. themselves. And we're in this weird era where the, we don't have journalists anymore. I no, mean, we don't. Few and far between. I've, I've maybe seen one or two. Well, I, we have people's journalists now. We have people who are doing, you know, the stories. That's right. People who are doing the research right. and then telling the stories. They're not parroting CIA talking points. Right. And it's grateful that we have the internet yeah. in this way to get around. Otherwise, how many lives would they ruin? Like you and me woke up, there's millions of us all across the world. Then, you know, we got to be glad for that and say they're putting their lives on the line, too. Right. You know, maybe they don't use their real name or something, but they're fighting our fight. What got you through it? God. I, I'm a I'm a real believer. In, you know, I'm a believer. And uh, I've always had that connection. And I was mad at God because I was like, 
when I woke up at that time and sent that tweet, I, I had that God feeling because I get this God feeling when I write. I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Where's a pen? And I never have a pen or paper because I'm a writer. <laughs> but I, as I'm like, oh, man, this is it finally came together in right. this mess up here. Something. And I had that feeling. And every time when I have had that feel in my life, I always thank God that he gave me words of power to, to speak or to write or to have someone else speak, even in the form of jokes, you know, right? to move people. Right. And I, I had that feeling. And then when I woke up in the morning, I mean, when I went, I wrote it and then I fell back to sleep. <laughs> As I fell back to sleep, I'm like, this is going to fix this is really gonna fix things. Thank you, God, for, for these Iran, wonderful for words. For the people in Iran, <laughs> and because uh, I was obsessed with Iran, because last time I was in Israel, I was with I, all my friends are my good friends are rabbis, because all I ever just talk about Torah, and everyone hates me because I make them mad because they're like, even my own kids are like, give it a rest, mother. But. Uh, but I, that's what I like. So most of my friends are rabbis, right? So I was in Israel with these people. And we got these phone calls on our cell phones from people in Iran. This was three years ago. We don't know how they got our phone numbers or anything, but they called and here's what they said. It, it, was, it still makes the hair stand up, but it was so exciting. They go, hello. And they were speaking English to us. And they said, uh, we want you to know the the people in Iran love the Jewish people. We hold nothing bad toward you. We want no trouble with you. We just want to be free. And it was like, so that's why I was so obsessed with Iran for all this time because, you know, I kept in touch with people. And I just feel it's a great woman's revolution trying so hard to happen there. Right. Well, I mean, it, it did happen around in the 70s. They had the Iranian Revolution, and then they went the exact opposite yeah. way. Well, America keeps on <laughs> screwing up with Iran. <laughs> Amer I don't know why America keeps screwing with Iran. Well, it's like our, our parents. We can't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to. Yeah. But uh, I don't know why America does what it does in Iran. From Iran Contra to this Iran deal, it's like, what are they do? Why are they? Why are we do? Why are our tax dollars doing this? I it does. I don't like it. But anyway, what were we talking about? I lost my chain. No, it's fine. You train can lose your train of thought. Your train can come back. It'll come back at any time. Okay. Actually, now that we're focusing and, and talking about Israel, I want to talk about this current tide of anti-Semitism that seems to be creeping up because not enough people are talking about this. Mm -hmm. And I am paying Jeremy Corbyn, for yeah. example, linking arms with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, both of them hostile towards Israel, unapologetically, by the way. That's even more alarming is that it's Isn't unapologetic. It? You've got Ilman Omar, right, mm -hmm. linking arms with AOC, who also is open. She just is just like, hello, I hate Jews. That's pretty much her platform. Yeah, I know. And she's in office, and we have the president who is respectfully saying that she should step down. Right. She shouldn't be um, uh, on any foreign advisory board. And, and we have... Uh, the th three of them coming together, and it boggles my mind. Me too. Because it's scary. It's scary that we have Hamas in our Congress. What's the uh, what's um, the other one's name? Rashida. Yeah. Rashida Talib. Is that uh -huh. what I'm saying? Yeah, Rashida Talib. And these people are openly saying that they support Hamas. They open. Right. You know, it's. And Hamas openly supports the murder of Jews for money. Right. And. Uh, it's so evil that it's invisible. That's the thing about anti-Semitism. It is so evil 
that it's invisible. But it is racism. Right. And so they're so inextricably bound. And that's why they wanted to separate our two communities, because we wouldn't have each other's back. That's it. I believe that. I really do yeah. believe that, that that is that is the goal. But they found that cudgel. But 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 Jeremy Corbyn is leading the Labour Party in the I know. UK. Like this, so to me, the idea that he's leading the entire party and he's openly hostile towards Israel and nobody's talking about it. And and we have now we're seeing traces of that sort of appear on the left uh-huh. here. Yeah. Where do we go? Like, no, it's full blown on the left here. I right. ran for president as a socialist in 2012 and uh, I saw how full blown it was at that time. And I, it was staggering. And I decided then I can't be a part of this stuff in any way and you know I was full socialist my whole life my father my grandfather socialists and um never picked up a math book not once Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) who my parent no and then I mean this is not your father's socialism I always say because back then when I was a kid and it was about socialism it was about the safety net and it wasn't about hating Jews, and it wasn't about hating Israel. It wasn't about imperialism. It was about, hey, we we need to be paid fairly for our work and have union protection. And I still don't see anything wrong with that. I still like that. But it went way too far. And uh, it went straight into communism. Americans, it does. Yeah, it always does. But I still, at that point, I had the idea that there could be a you know an american a social safety net for americans right. work working americans working class people and now i'm like now we gotta get rid of the whole damn money system and start over throw it out and start completely over. what do you mean i i just i think well i'm gonna make a video about how i see a new system that works for people and you don't think capitalism works for people? I do, but I don't like how capitalism doesn't actually figure in the true cost of things. Okay. okay. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I don't think that there should be a money system based on slavery. I think slavery should be illegal in all of its forms. It shouldn't exist at this time on the earth. So give me an example. Like, of, Are you saying in the United States? Or are you saying- in the world. Okay. And uh, it shouldn't be, capitalism should not be a race to the bottom, which they always call free markets. But I think it needs to be regulated so that it can't have anything to do with slave markets. That can't be part of free markets. Uh, what's that book, the, the book about the Amistad? That, you know, that says it right there. We can't use the high seas to move human cargo. Just put some laws like that in. Right. Make war illegal, too, while you're at it. Right. And let's like let's change capitalism so that you're actually investing in good things and people's lives and their health, because they do just the opposite. But they never figure in the cost. They never figure in the cost to communities or humanity, and that needs to be figured in to the whole free markets, whatever you're going to call. So you're saying like, are you talking about on a global scale, like if America, I'm just giving an example here, if America is buying sneakers from China and there are kids in factories getting paid three cents an hour. And they're jumping out the window to kill themselves to make Apple iPhones. Right. I mean, no, no, not when other people have $400 billion. I mean, it's just common sense. I I would not, you know, I, I used to say there should be a maximum wage. 
But, uh, and I kind of still think that at, at a certain point, you owe something back to humanity. If you're going to get like, you know, what, $500 billion, you sort of owe something. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that we should tax anybody. I, I don't think that socialist way of we must tax 90% of, you know, no, because I already pay 46% of everything I make to taxes. Right. And I don't want it to go to Jerry Brown. Right. You know, I'm thinking of moving out of here. Yeah, I mean, I'm seriously, like, a, this, that's what's happening. We're seeing a flight away from California. No, because- I'm just talking about something really that needs to happen at this in this century when we have this great technology that can actually solve problems, and we need to do that. We need to figure out a way to get food to the hungry kids, and that should be our priority. And are you saying so? Do you do you employ like an America First policy when you talk about that, or do you or do you think that we should just be t- solving all of the world problems? No, I'm America First. Okay. Right now. Yeah, I am too. Because we have to. It has to start here. Right. We're the hope of the world. Yeah, I'm, don't I, you think? I can't, oh, absolutely. I mean, I was um, at a protest yesterday because I, I like to go to these crazy leftist protests just to see what's going on. And, You're um, in trouble. Man. Yeah, and I no, I mean, I was wearing my MAGA do they, hat. Are they mean to you? Me trouble. I was wearing my MAGA hat and a sea of pussy hats. What could possibly go wrong? Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I just like to see what's going on and, and just watch them be hypocritical, pretending to champion minority rights. Obviously, there's just something striking about these leftist protests. They're always all middle-aged white people, That's right. and they're talking about issues for minorities. Well, where the hell are the minorities I that know, you're talking about issues for? They're nowhere near them. They're nowhere near I them. Always they're say at work, because it. it was a Monday morning, and it was 8 a.m., <laughs> and um, it, it, you, this is white privilege right here. Yeah. You can be here Absolutely. at 8 a.m. in the morning on a Monday yelling in a pussy hat, you might be embodying that mythical white privilege that you talk right, about all the exactly. time. Exactly. I always say that, well, I shouldn't say, but. You should say. Well, there are always like really obese people from the Midwest that are telling about how Israel should be. Right. It's like, they, there's, it's like, why don't you go on a diet? It's striking. It's why don't you striking. go on a diet? Right. And save striking. some of your food and send that somewhere. I'm you very know, curious. You're an obese, bitter woman and you're white and you're from Nebraska and you don't know crap about people in Israel so zip it. Right. The demographic demographics of these movements is always unbelievably interesting. Like the fem the radical feminist movement. I mean the women's march. It's to say it's like miserable, overweight middle-aged women who are just not happy with their lives and yeah. they're making it about men and they're making it like somehow it's all, it's all yeah it's all trump's fault because he embodies an alpha male and, and maybe the guy that turned them down and i'm just it's striking to me I to pay attention so to too. this i just said that yesterday with somebody because i'm gonna get in i can't get in too much trouble no we've life. already gotten over i know yeah. it's fun <laughs> what else are you gonna do yeah what the hell it's fun i might as well somebody needs to right <laughs> but i was saying about the me too movement they were talking about that, and I oh I shouldn't go there. Oh, you should go there. Do you know? Do you know how much trouble I got in for it? You can't be in worse trouble than me for talking about me too. Don't worry. First of all, let me tell you, Mike Tyson, who's hilarious and a friend for a long time, he calls it the YouTube movement. What, the YouTube movement meaning you too. Like they're gonna get you too. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. It's true. And I, I noticed, because I was the one who said it first, like I went against the Me Too movement early, like yeah. right when it came out of the gates. So I got roundly condemned by both sides. And I was like, guys, if you don't see the writing on the wall with this, yeah. it's going to become a mechanism for people witch to- hunt. Uh, Yeah, witch hunt. It's going to be a mechanism for um, 
the Christine Blasey Ford type suits yeah, to exactly. ascertain power. I mean, and then obviously came along Christine Blasey Ford and everyone was like, Candace was right. Nothing happened to her either. She should be in prison. She should be in prison. How did she, she's not required to file a police report or anything. She, no. And she collected millions of dollars. White woman privilege. That, is, that really is. And, and I know. It, it reminded me, I'm like, if you just want to give white women the right to say something happened and you have to believe them with no evidence, no proof, and they get a million dollars, then let's talk about the civil rights era because that's when black people were hung, for tre- hung from trees because that's of that. That's right. Right, that's when Carolyn that's right. Bryant said about Emmett Till. That's right. He, he said something to me in a grocery with no evidence, no proof. You know what happened to Emmett Till? Right. And I, it's jarring to you that people I don't see that. that. I was the I was one of the first piece persons on Twitter to make that assessment. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I was. Well, we need you to go back in our tweets. I want I want street. Crime. We're gonna have a contest. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the first thing that went in my head. I'm like, hello. Do yeah. you know your own history? You no, really want to? You you really want to just give them like mm-hmm. unfettered permission to to say something happened and you're gonna believe them? And the the somebody asked me. It was a Washington Post. They're working on a really big hit piece on me at the moment. Um, you know, uh, the Washington so, Post is. Yeah, they they do these profile pieces on me, and like I give these interviews now because I don't care. I'm kind of in like post journalist world. Like no matter what you say, people know that you lie. Um, and maybe it comes out good. Who knows? But she asked me at one point, "Are do you think that white supremacy exists?" And I said, "The closest thing I've ever seen to it in my life is the fem- the radicalized feminist movement." Uh, I can agree. <laughs> the radical, like, the closest thing to white supremacy that I've seen in my lifetime mm-hmm. has been this radicalized Lena Dunham types going around saying, "We want this now, now, now." Uh, whatever we say happens. I mean, do you remember this scandal with Lena Dunham, like saying that some black guy didn't say hi to her at the Met Gala and she was victimized? I mean, I, I've been paying attention to the, the the growth. Kesha in the back of a courtroom crying. Just believe her. The believe women thing has has been building up, and I've been like, "This is getting crazy." It is crazy. And women have to be the one to take it down. It's no, like up it, to us to say yeah, something about well, it. Well, I said it yesterday. I'll tell you what I said. Uh, she says something to me about, well, you know, they, they were there in the room because they thought they were going to get a job 15 years ago. Oh, yeah, no. It's like, cause, well, because they're hoes. Uh, have you have you lived? Have you seen like the way that women like, use sex to get? if you don't run get... out the room and go, excuse me, you don't talk to me. that You don't do that to me. Excuse me and leave. But you stayed around because you're like, well, I thought maybe he was going to give me a writing job. Well, you ain't nothing but a hall. Right. That's, but I said that when, when like, the Louis C.K. It might have been the Louis C.K. thing That's or another scandal that happened. And I was reading the article, and they, we were in his hotel room at 3 a.m. in the morning. My first question, yeah. what the hell Why? were you doing in his hotel room? What, yeah. goes, what happens at 3 a.m. in the morning in a man's hotel room? Business meetings? You, uh, yeah. He was just going to give me career advice, you uh-huh. know, and, and I, I think it's crappy that women are pretending that that some of these people They're aren't They're pretending that they didn't go to trade sexual favors for money. And by the way, this didn't just happen in Hollywood. This happens in, in life. Okay, no matter what. I say I tried to trade sexual favors <laughs> for a career, but nobody was buying it. And I'm like, you know, come on. This is so unfair. <laughs> so you had to work. I had to make it on talent and good looks alone. (laughs) It's completely unfair, by the way. It is. Yeah, but it's true, and nobody wants to talk about it. Look at Kamala Harris, who I call Kama Sutra Harris. She, excuse me. You're, you're. She, you know what, she, we all know what she did. I did a a periscope this morning. I was like, she slept her way to the top, and if we're all going to pretend she didn't do that. She slept her way to the bottom. Right. If we're all going to pretend she didn't do it, okay, happy 2020 election cycle. There was a time as a feminist when I was, you know, way back at that bookstore, when I was like, no, we don't do that. We have respect for ourselves, and we stick together. 
But that all went to hell too. Well, I think feminism ultimately needs to be about truth telling. I'm not in, I'm not it into sure garnering does. power against men. That's not feminism. Stop no, calling it feminism. Not. That's some radicalized women's that's white women's right. movement, as I say. I call it, it called the white, white women's, women's march. Movement. That's what I say too. Now I have two sons, so this is my you know of uh, you know one's twenty three, one's forty, and I got uh, five grandsons. So. I have a different view on how women are than a lot of these other types, you know. Right. Because I know a hoe when I see one. And I'm <laughs> telling you, they come from my boys because my boys, you know, I'm their mom and they're, you know, we have a little bit of money. So I got a, a eagle eye for this thing. And I know because I got, and they need to be called out. Right. They really, really do, right. and that's privilege too. Whole privilege. There, there, there really is, and that's what it is when when they come out fifty years later and yeah. say that they were in some man told Tom at three a.m. and he made a sexual advance, and nobody asks the question, "Hey, what were you doing at three a.m.?" I've never had a boss say to me, "Hey, Candace, could you stop by at three a.m. in the morning my hotel room?" And I would not send off every red flag in my head. Yeah, hello. You, you know, you go like this. Um, no, right? Like I, I'm shocked to find out that men are attracted to women, and they made a pass at me in their hotel room at 3 a.m. It's just that the women are pissed because they, they weren't attracted to the guy that did Or they didn't get the career. Right. So then they go, 30 years later, they go, you know what? My career actually never did take off, so I'm going to hop on this bandwagon and say that, you know, something horrible happened to me. And it actually, the reason why I think that this is what we're talking about right here is actually real feminism is because what we're protecting are real victims. The real Absolutely. victims, because there are women who actually get raped. There are men that are yes. actually predators, and they are and no longer there. There are men who get raped, too. and there are men who get raped. And that's what that's what broke me off from feminists a million years ago when I had my first show. I think it was ninety six, and I've always been uh, pro child victims, you know, uh, sexual abuse victims, and I've done so much stuff over the years for that in every way possible that I could. And um, th they were telling me, like, oh, no, we're not going to say two things you can't say, Roseanne, that there are boy victims and that women are predators. That's what they told me. Wow. And I'm like, well, then count me out, man. Right. Count me out because it's not true. Hello, there's such a thing called truth it is and and to pretend that women are like we're all these victims walking around and we have no idea what we're doing and we just were there at 3 a.m in the hotel room i can't stand it it's so dishonest it's and so dishonest. and the it's disempowering of women and it makes our view of the world just like they want us to be the, those veals they want us to be human veal and they have reduced our view to a tiny mi microcosm of the world and the world is ours right I know. I, I'm, if I could pick every single day, which on the left you can't, you just pick your gender every day. But if I, I would choose every single day to be a woman. Okay, you know I mean, like Me I do too. not want to be a man. The men are out there fighting the wars. They're the ones falling off of roofs and, and dying. And uh, nobody, let me. There's like a, a meme on the internet that says nobody calls a feminist when there's an emergency. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's true, you know. Yeah. Um, and and seeing this this anti masculinity is bad. No, masculinity is great. I love masculinity. I do, too. I need a shirt that just says, I love masculinity. It's great. I, I love men. I, I I got a bunch of them in my family, you know, that I, I gave birth to <laughs> on top of being with. But, um, no, I love men who love women. Right, right. And a lot of men don't. A lot of women don't like women either. 
there's some truth. Right. There, and there is some truth. But unfortunately, when you when you are starting to conflate masculinity with rape, which is what's happening. Yeah. Now, like if you're masculine, then you're a predator. No. Masculinity is is the opposite of femininity. And I like being feminine and men should like being masculine masculine and it's symbiotic and it's beautiful and it's now being corrupted yeah. by this whole myth of like the white privileged male predator um who's masculine. Right. It's a it's a horrible time to be a white male right now, by the way, Bub. I'm not interested in being a white male. That's why it's again his own show. It's a bad time. And one of the first articles I did. For, it's time for the truth you're telling. Well, I think, and, and I think one of the first uh, conversations that I opened up about this when I saw this happening is that I actually also feel bad for women that are misreporting their rapes because they don't, when I was in school, I learned what rape actually was. Like this is before the tide of radical feminism. And it was like, here's, you can be date raped and then you don't remember things and you're dragged, you're in an alley. And Rape was a very serious word. Now it's like, I got drunk last night and I slept with someone and I kind of regret it. So I'm going to go to the police and they're being taught right. that that's rape. And no, no, that's regret, sweetheart. Like somebody right. needs to, that is, there's a difference between rape and regret. And at the, they do this show thing. They got a show going on, but what's behind it is the real story. So while they're doing that show, here's the fact that real rape victims, they're not even processing the rape kits. Like I know where I live in Hawaii, they had the backlog of rape kits on our whole island and people who, who are really raped and go to the police, they don't even do anything about it anymore. Interesting. It, there's a backlog of like two years worth of rape kits that haven't even been. I could believe it because it's not that real rape isn't trendy right now. Mm -mm. Real rape is not trendy. Like it, it's it's social media rape. Like oh, I remember this a guy like a guy touched my butt in middle school and I didn't give him consent. Like did you swing around and tell him not touch your butt? Because that's what I did in middle school. My mm -hmm. first time my butt got slapped, I was in seventh grade. And the guy's name was Devin. And I turned around and I said, don't smack my ass. And I think he went on to become a great father. And I forget, didn't need to ruin his life. I did not scar me for the rest of mine. And yeah. and that is what That's I mean. That's really true is that women are like uh, being encouraged to be conniving. Conniving little wimps. Yeah. Instead of going... I told you no. Right. Now, do you want me to bring my brother over here tomorrow? Right. Because he's big. Right. Like, do it again. And that's how, I, it, that's that's, how I grew yeah. up. And, and and that was okay. And it was fine. And you and, and kids are funny. And they go, they go hormone phases. And everyone starts getting interesting. Everyone starts getting their bodies. Everybody lived and survived middle school, early high school. And everything was fine. And now they're making even that. If a man is attracted to a woman, it's it's somehow becoming something that is, is dirty and disgusting. And my son just graduated from college. And he called me from there. And he's like, man, he went to a liberal college and he couldn't take it <laughs> he'd draw these cartoons and send them home to me all the time about the people around there but he's like okay i got it they've they've educated me everything is rape unless she unless she demands that i have sex with her but even if she demands it that can still be rape because now there's a thing on college campuses about you can revoke consent after you've had sex Oh my God! I read an article on this, and it was it was stunning. No, I, I just am not going to send my kids to to university because I I'm I'm probably going to have a little boy, and I'm just going to be like I'm sorry, like you just there's just no point in sending you out into the world. But I, you do have to feel bad <laughs> for the women too because they're mm -hmm. learning sure. it. They're learning that, they're, that it is it's rape. So they're not doing it to be conniving. They're being taught that that's not con conniving. That that's normal. That it's like they want us back in our pens, and we got out a little bit. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Right. And they had to smack that down. Right. 
Because it wasn't good and they didn't like it. Yeah, and, and, and sh- a, sh- a little bit of shame is good. So yeah. you amend your behavior. So if you wake up and you regret doing something and you feel shameful because you drank too much and you went home with something that you otherwise wouldn't have gone home with, that's a good remedy for you not doing it the next night. Right, right? exactly. And, and yet now we're handing everybody excuses. Right. It wasn't your fault. It was this. And, and so you go out and you drink the, the same way because what, men are, do, should, we, should men carry breathalyzers? Like, are they not drunk? It just does it not work both ways? Like, and I just don't understand the world that women are comfortable with creating for men. Like, they are not dropped off from the stork. I'm assuming you had your child. Men come from women. This this is the society that we have to raise little boys in. And it's tough. The little boys, it's tough to raise the little boys too because they got it in for them. Right. And your son was in, in the school. schools. In my grandsons, they go to school where they have to live with all that uh, whatever we're going to call it leftist. BS. dogma yeah about the same stuff like you know uh, my one grandson was getting bullied and uh and so they go you know they let the bully off the hook nine thousand times doing it to all the boys uh you know it's a private school but they just keep letting the bullies off the hook and it makes me really mad i'm like do you do i have to go over that school and set the teacher straight because i'm ready to how old but instead, they were just little, like seven, eight, and nine. Right. You know, and it's like, well, that boy, here's what they said. Well, that boy has a lot of problems. <laughs> he doesn't have a happy home life. I said, well, I, I, I don't care. He's not going to touch my grandsons. Right. Or I'm going to come, you know, I mean, I did do some threatening. And people <laughs> don't like me. I know that. But I'm like, do I have to come over there? I'm not happy, and I'd love to slap somebody, and I'll come and see you. Right. I'm not happy right now either. Yeah, the education system is just, it's alarming to me, like teaching children that they can pick their genders. And I just don't think my kid's going to go to school. It's got to be homeschooling. You do have to homeschool. You have to homeschool now. I homeschooled my son for a couple of years. It was the best thing. And I tell my daughters, you got to homeschool the boys. You don't want them around these girls. Right. Right. The girls are like, I don't know what they've done to the girls, but it's not good. And you can't tell them anything either. I mean, I have three daughters, so I know. Right. It's like, you guys are backward. I'm sorry, but everything you do is backward. It is. It is backward, but they're being taught to do it backward. So do you Do you? They have, are being taught that. Do you have any um, liberal friends? Oh, yeah. Everybody in my family is liberal. Are you kidding? Yeah. You drive me, but I just, I just, um, I accept what they are. You know, it's like if they didn't have an arm or something, I guess. <laughs> and, and so I just accept and pray for them. And, you know, I, I listen to that their, you know, like when Trump won, it, I had broke my leg, you know, and I was in this hotel in San Francisco. And it was my birthday on November 3rd. So all my family came and they were with me when we had the election, you know, 16. And I told everybody, oh, he's Trump's going to win by 80%. Wow. Because I had been all over the country and I knew. And I had been reading, hello. I didn't watch TV news. I read. And so, uh, you know, I told him, oh, uh, you know, he's going to win. And then it came that night, you know, where he won. You know, they're telling me the whole time, there's no way, you know, the whole thing. And my one daughter, she'll be very angry at me, but she's really liberal. And. Uh, when Trump won, she started crying. I'm not kidding. Tears was running down her, tears were running down her cheeks, and this is what she said: "He's gonna deport all the gays." <laughs> That's what she said. 
I swear to God. So your show actually was was pretty... yeah. It's my family. Oh my and she's goodness. Like, Oh, mother, of course she was a conspiracy theories and all that. It's always like that. Right. But I just go, you guys don't know. Just wait another year. And every year that passes, they have to come to me, and I get a big I get a big pleasure. Oh, you were right. Oh, but the best is my grandsons. I, I took them out, you know, and, and my grandson that's 13 now, he says to me, Granny. Now that my parents aren't here, I just want to say Trump was the better candidate. I agree. How old is he? He's 13. Generation Z, I keep t- they are so conservative. Yeah, they, they yeah, are. They're the last hope. They, they, and they're, they're like smart. Culture, they're, because they're not, first of all, they don't watch the news. Right. People that watch Fox News and CNN are like 65 plus, you know? So they're they're all on the internet. So they're paying attention to the meme culture. Trump's giving right. them the one-liners. And That's they what fu- I was going to say about my son. Let me say, my son said, Mom, take heart because the one thing about the right, we're killer on memes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're we winning could- the internet. Because we have humor. Yeah, we're funnier. We're just funnier. We're, we're able to we're able to, to take the piss out of ourselves, out of right. other people, and that we're, we're just funnier. That really yeah. is what it's about. And, it is. And I talk about that why why the world desperately needs comedy without restrictions. That's right. Because it makes people feel better, and it makes people come together. Right. And the I and if you people go back, need to hear like you say about uh you know you need to tell them. They need to be corrected. And so now I'm very excited because I'm going to go do my stand-up comedy again. Yes. I'm going to tell people what in the hell I think of them. I'm going to tell women you're nothing but hoes. Right. <laughs> I'm going to tell men, why do I you... I know a hoe when I see one. I, like, I do. And I'm telling the men, the why are you letting women do this to you? Right. You know, the I, I know you're... The thing is I, so unattractive, by the way. The isn't men with, it? The men with the tail in between their legs, like a guy wearing a shirt that says, I'm a feminist. Ew, no thank you. Yeah, You know what right? I'm saying? Like, You know what that means, a guy that says he's a feminist. I don't know what it means. I do. What does it mean? It means he whines all the damn time right. for you to bring him something. Right. right. <laughs> it does. I know. I know how these things work. And the thing is, the feminists don't even want, they want alpha males. They don't even want, that's the whole thing is it's like it's so crazy because they're fighting for something that they ultimately don't want. I personally, I, know. I think Chelsea Handler wants to date Trump, actually. I do, too. Well, obsessed. she'll it's date obsessive. anybody. It's, it's, it's obsessive. She, there's nobody she wouldn't date. Let's be real yeah, about I mean, her. I know. I, another person, talk about how she got her show. She was dating Hello. the... I mean, like, come on. We're yeah. pretending this doesn't happen in I Hollywood. tried to go after Ted, too, but, you know, like I say. Right. <laughs> I you hell. tried it and failed. I had to just go by talent. Yeah, you were bad at being a hoe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was good at being a hoe at some times in my life. Yeah. You know, you got to do what you got to do, but right. I'm talking about now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you could have saved your show. <laughs> well, you know, it's, uh, sometimes things are just too damn funny for people. Right. And they can't take it. If it's got some truth in it. Oh, they just hated that I was for Trump. Right. That was it. Right away. I was going to tell you this. Are we out of time? No, or no, you're fine. You're okay. fine. Right from the jump, straight, like, when I, I mean, first of all, never, I don't know how long you worked, but Hollywood, here it is. As soon as somebody, I've always known this much, as soon as they tell me I'm a genius, that means I'm going to get it. No grease. And uh, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Up the chute with no grease. As soon as they call me a genius. Right. I've known that for a long time. But the other one now is, we got your back. Ha, ha, 
oh, that means the same thing. Really? And that's what they told me. Oh, we got your back this time. We're still there. We're going to protect you. We're not going to let them throw you. And they threw me, you know. Wait, how did, actually, I want to ask you, how did it feel when your castmates didn't have your back? If I was your, if I was like a castmate for you, mm-hmm. I would have been like, "This is ridiculous." Everybody knows she's not racist. I mean, like, come on. They all had, to, they all issued these statements that were like, "This does not represent the values of the show." I mean, I, I remember yeah. reading this and being like, "What cowards you are! You've known this woman, this woman for how long, and you're really going to allow this to happen to her? Like, you're, you guys are basically all eating off of her. Let's be, yeah, let's be honest. You were the show, and yeah. they just, they had just no gall. They had no backbone." I think it was all planned, and um, they—they, they, I don't even know why they wanted me to come back. I, I mean, when I look back, I don't even know why. But I, they didn't want the money. No? No, it doesn't make any sense. They killed the number one show before one sponsor pulled out. Wow. It and you know, their first one phone sponsor call pulled out. Before one sponsor. They killed it in 40 minutes. And you know, you know who their first phone call was to? Who? Brace yourself. Miss Jarrett. No way. The president of ABC said he his first call was to Miss Jarrett to apologize to her. And then I was gone. 40 so, minutes. Mm-hmm. I was gone, but that was just... And I think they have the right to fire people who, you know, they can fire whoever they want. But it wasn't just about firing. It was about smearing needlessly, preventing me from explaining my tweet. They could have put me on The View the next day. Mm-hmm. I mean, Disney, the, uh, you know, people who are all about imagination, but they can't come up with one way to uh, <laughs> allow me to speak. You know, they can't imagine any of that crap. But, uh, you know, so they wouldn't put me on The View. Jim, you know what they said? You sign away all your rights, and um, then we'll defend you. And I said, all I want is for you to say I'm not a racist. I, I asked all the cast members, I asked all the producers, and I asked, I go, you know who I am and what I've done in my life. You know my family and what my family looks like. It is the worst thing, that, like when, you know, calling you a Nazi. Right. Call me a Nazi. They've called me that, too. They, they call me anti-black and say I'm a racist, so there's yeah. no rules anymore. Yeah. But that one really got me because of my whole life what I've done, you know, what I've cared about and fought for, and I just wanted them to say, stop that right so they said well we won't allow you you can't speak for yourself until you sign away all the rights to this show so i said okay i'm gonna do what i prayed i'm like it's more important to me for my good name and what i fought for my whole life than to even this show so i signed it and they go everybody's gonna love you because you gave up the money you know so everybody can keep their job we're going to thank you, blah, blah. Next day, Roseanne's a racist from ABC. And Sarah Gilbert and Michael Fishman uh, and Wanda Sykes down. and Sarah, Sandra Bernhardt and uh, Kathy Griffin and all of them. She's a clown show. Listen, I'm going to say one thing. When I went to bat for Sandra, Kathy, and Sarah to get them on TV because I gave them all their TV jobs, every network that I had... Uh, Kathy was on Fox. I had Sarah on ABC and Sandra on ABC. You know what the people at the networks told me? Those girls are too ugly to go on TV. And I said, this is so incredibly sexist. Look at me. I'm no beauty. You can't take talent and re- for a woman and reduce it to her facial flaws. Are you 
me. And nowadays I'm like, God, they were right. Yeah. They are too ugly right. to and be on TV. It, it's, it's the ugliness that's in their heart, honestly. Yeah, honestly, that's what I mean. The ugliness inside. Like right. Sandra Bernhardt sat at my mother's house for Shabbat and then made fun of me for being, uh, you know, an abused, you know, having having lived through child abuse. I mean, they just have no decency. No soul. No. I think Hollywood is soulless. I really do I do too. That. Well, I know what they really are about. And, you know, one of these days I'm going to tell on. Right. And and I think that it's disgusting. And um, Can I say that the time that I was fired at Disney, um, and a lot of people said, they were, they had hired, uh, first I'm going to send you so you can read because I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble. I would love to see the I'm going to send them. That. Yeah. The hypocrisy of a left never astounds me. So I nothing seems I, I have quite an imagination when it comes to how hypocritical the left can get and and i think hollywood is just one of these towns where every single person is just up to their neck full of absolutely full of crap and they oh. also are complicit in the worst crap you've ever heard of in your life right they are yeah and yet they wear black gowns and say time's up and me too and yeah they're they're $20,000 gowns and, and time's up and me, me too when the whole town And is not one of them wide. defended me, none of those women. And half of them wouldn't even have a job if it wasn't me kicking that door down for them. So they can kiss my Good, and I'm, I'm glad you're saying that and because loyalty, I, I work with, with people that are loyal now. I mean, that's just my thing that's going forward and getting trying to smear me as somebody that would be sympathetic to, to Hitler. Prager, you had my back instantly. It was like, this is the most ridiculous thing we've ever heard. I, I work with Prager U. Dennis Prager is Jewish, even though he's been called anti-Semitic as well. So like I said, there's no rules. Well, we're all divided against each other because that's how they keep us in our little pens. Right. The more we can love and include each other, the more powerful we're going to get. And that's what I want everybody to know. If somebody doesn't think exactly like you, love them anyway. I love the liberals in my family, even though, like I say, you know, they're handicapped. <laughs> but uh, we have to do that. Right. We have to. And seek solutions to actual problems, not just not just empty rhetoric and narrative, but real solutions to actual problems for people that are suffering in our country, like the veterans that are living under bridges. Hello. Right. America first. America first, absolutely. A kick-ass America first. So here's the thing that we do at the end of every episode, which is really exciting, um, and yours is going to be an, a good one. So we allow you to launch. You get two minutes. Bub puts two minutes on the timer, and you look into that camera, and you get to leave one imprint on the world, one message that you get to say to the world. It cannot go over two minutes. If that you, If you wish, it could come from your mouth, and every single person in the world would hear it. Am I doing it now? You're going to do it in five, four, three, two, one. I love you all so much. I love you, love you, love you. I wish you would love each other more. I wish you would laugh more. And most of all, I wish you would listen to the things I say because I'm 66 years old and I have lived through more than most of you will ever live through. And I know what needs to happen. So I want you to listen to me. I give good advice and I'm always right. <laughs> That's what I want to say. I say that to my kids. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.